0: Obviously, you can't mobilize manufacturing, but what you can do is you can consumerize the experience for those that are transacting within the business. And so you can make it more consistent with what we as individuals are doing on a daily basis.
1: Welcome to another episode of the manufacturing executive podcast. I'm Joe Sullivan, your host and a co-founder of the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla 76. Stop and think for a moment about some of the best experiences you have as a consumer in the world. What makes those buying processes so positive? Great customer service, availability of information, maybe transparency about pricing, a simple and fast buying experience. Now go to your world as a business buyer. Don't you ultimately want the same kind of experiences there? Just because it's between the hours of 9 and 5, Monday through Friday, doesn't mean you're no longer a human being, right? Today's episode is about observing the things that the best consumer brands do to give their customers a great buying experience, and then applying them into your B2B buying environment. My guest today is the CEO of a steel distribution company that's growing rapidly by doing exactly that. Let me introduce him. Todd Lebo took over as CEO of Majestic Steel in 2012. A leading steel distribution company, Majestic was founded by Todd's father 40 years ago. Todd has since set out to take the smartest elements of innovation from the retail and consumer sector and apply them to the industrial supply chain. Todd recognizes that while the consumer supply chain has been transformed by companies like Amazon over the last decade, the industrial supply chain has lagged due to lack of investment in digitization, technology, and talent. Under Todd's lead, Majestic has developed a variety of in-house innovations that make it quicker and easier for customers to order stock and plan their inventory. Majestic is headquartered in Cleveland with locations in Texas, Tampa, and Las Vegas. Todd, welcome to the show. Yeah, Joe. Thanks for having me today. Awesome. Well, Todd, we are smack in the middle of what's been pure chaos for many companies when it comes to managing the supply chain. And as the leader of an organization that's at the center of the steel supply chain, I'm curious from your perspective, how did we get here? And how are we going to get through it?
0: Yeah. I mean, chaos is a good way to put it. I think that obviously no one can plan for a global pandemic, but I think the pandemic actually exposed a lot of things. I think that. There's a lot of blind spots throughout the supply chain that we didn't necessarily recognize. And I think that a lot of companies you know, have legacy supply chains that they've relied on for a long time. And a lot of that was driven based upon history and price played a major role versus reliability. So I think coming out of this, it's really a focus around reliability, reliable supply chains versus just price. I mean, price is what you pay, but cost is what you get when you receive it. So it's not that price is not important in the competitive market. But I think that To get out of this we have to look at our supply chains and assess them and and focus on more reliable supply chains the other thing is technology technology creates transparency and visibility in in the industrial marketplace and steel specifically there's not a lot of that so you don't necessarily know where your product is when it's arriving there's a lot of back and forth to to get that information and so it's not efficient and we need you know Tools that allow us to have greater visibility into the supply chain that allow us to operate more efficiently and, and in a modern way. I mean, you know, we do that as consumers, but don't necessarily do that in the B two B space. And I think we need to, you know, adapt and evolve in many ways that we've seen the consumer do. That we're all consumers and we experience that daily. So I think that how we get out of this is, is really, you know, one, assessing your supply chains and looking at it from a reliability and total cost of ownership, and then two, technology, having the right tools and visibility and transparency to understand you know, where things are and when, when they're going to arrive and, and how you're managing that to create greater efficiency.
1: Something that caught my attention when you and I first talked was your perspective on this idea of consumerizing the industrial supply chain. I know if you know, I read that in your, your bio, the intro that, that we read at the beginning of this. But can you tell our listeners more about what you mean by that?
0: Yeah, I mean, consumers, right? You're making a decision on behalf of yourself. So typically you adopt something a lot faster than a business does because within a business, I mean, there's many people that are involved in making that decision. And so from a consumer perspective, you think about how we have evolved in terms of how we communicate, how we Get information today how we purchase things how we track that throughout the process and the way that we behave in the consumer market is very different than what we're doing daily within our businesses however we're all consumers no matter where you are in the organization whether you're on the procurement side or you're in the plant or you're in the executive side of the business so i, I think that what we need to be thinking about is how do we learn from that and i think that as the next generation continues to come into the workforce they're going to expect that So they're going to challenge kind of conventional ways of doing business and they're going to expect to be able to do things at their fingertips. You look at the work environment and how it's been disrupted during COVID and things are more mobile and and, and whatnot. You know, obviously you can't mobilize manufacturing, but what you can do is you can consumerize the experience for those that are transacting within the business. And so you can make it more consistent with what we as individuals are doing on a daily basis. And so that's really the idea there is, you know, the consumer adopts things the fastest and is willing to change their behavior quicker than a business. And now, how do we do that within the business world? How do we make it easier to transact, to track, to then use content and data as a currency versus you know just our, our product that we're we're transacting? So I think that you know taking kind of that thought process, and instilling it into the the business process, and obviously the, the the workflow processes are different. So you know you have to solve for for different aspects than the the consumer marketplace. Yeah, you know
1: it's something I talk about in in my own business a lot. As a marketing guy is, is like you you need to remember that the people you're talking to are just human beings too, right? And we we tend to forget that sometimes with when you you put on your business hat, and it's like nope, this. The person on the receiving end is just another person. And so how do you bring elements of the, you know, the way you just act and behave as a consumer into your business world? Is, it just makes a lot of sense, but I think maybe a lot of companies aren't thinking that way
0: yeah, I think that, like you said, I mean, we're just people. And at the end of the day, people do business with people and we'll never fully replace the role of an individual within a business. But what technology can do is it can create greater efficiency. It can create greater visibility into the decisions that you're making so that you you know have, Better information, real time at your fingertips to make decisions. I mean, in, in reality, the individual should be doing things that are more strategic and things that can be you know, computed through technology should be you know, handled through technology. So the answer is both in that regard. I mean, you look at tech companies, they're not just tech companies. They hire a lot of people and they require some traditional aspect of their business to support the technology that they're they're taking to market. So I think that you know that's that's the biggest thing is how do we learn from you know different perspectives and, and and different industries to apply the success that they've had to a more industrial marketplace.
1: Let's talk about people for a minute here, Todd. This is a topic that weaves its way into most conversations I have on this podcast one way or another, and I think you've got sort of a unique perspective on recruiting talent. I, I heard you say in a previous conversation that you know, the steel industry used to attract America's greatest talent. And I know you're, you're passionate about recapturing that. And I know you've, you've also taken the approach at Majestic of looking outside the industry to bring in talent from elsewhere, tech companies, consumer product companies. Talk to me about you know why this belief in diversifying talent sources is so important to you.
0: Yeah, those that are from the Midwest, you know, you talk to your your grandparents and they have, you know, either they or, or a relative that worked in the steel industry. And, and steel was such an attractive industry to be in at that time because, I mean, we were industrializing and, and manufacturing was at the forefront of everything that we did and still do and, and required to to build and and create in the modern world as well. And then through evolution of of industry, you know, you've seen things evolve in terms of of the the technology side of it. And I think that, you know, from my perspective, steel and manufacturing, it's a language and anyone can learn a language. The common language is business. And I'm a big believer in diversity of thought and diversity of, of perspective and experience. And, you know, experience takes time. And so, when you get people that maybe are not as familiar with steel or manufacturing but are familiar with other industries, they could bring that diversity of thought and perspective to our business and and our space. while then, you know we obviously have a lot of people that have been in the steel industry and and at Majestic a long time that know that side. and so You need both, you know, you can't have one without the other, but really being able to go outside the industry and look at it through a different lens where maybe, you know, content was their currency or data was their currency or how they engaged with their customers was different or Success they've had in terms of you know marketing and and how they've marketed to their customer base and and not just a single thread but multi-thread relationships and and so taking some of the successes in those other spaces and applying it to how we think about our business I think is is critical and not just kind of the traditional way of of how we've always done things I think that's kind of you know. The antithesis of of innovation is just doing it because we've always done it that way. And I think that there's an opportunity to bring in you know diversity of thought and and perspective and and experience to challenge convention in our businesses as well.
1: Are there any examples you have from your own business of you know when you specifically went out and then you know sought talent from this industry or this industry for a reason, or has it been more that you've just said, Hey, we're not just going to look inside of, of steel or even manufacturing. And we're just going to kind of open this up, open up the talent pool
0: yeah i mean I, i've looked at it in terms of you know we are a supply chain business at our core you know we kind of sit in the center of the supply chain connecting product with uh, users that that need that product to manufacture fabricate or, or construct depending on what their business is and so that to me is 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 not limiting and you know you, you look at you know the world that we're in today in terms of content in terms of data in terms of supply chain from that perspective, the product can be somewhat interchangeable to a degree. And then, you know, understanding the specifics around our product and the market and how it works is is obviously something that can can be learned or applied, or we have, you know, a ton of, of experience in that, so now, how do you go and find people that can help in terms of, you know, how do we use content as as a value creator to our customers to to give them real time information and, you know, how how we see things so that then they have, you know, uh, information to to make decisions rapidly. You know, how do we use data? How do we develop product that is not just in a, a transactional way, but to be able to use technology as as a differentiator to make it easier for buyers versus having to go through the the traditional loops to to manage their supply chain. So we also want, you know, we have a, a motto at Majest to keep building. And we want, you know, our customers to keep building. And how do you do that? You keep manufacturing, you keep constructing and, and you keep doing those things. And we want them to focus on that and not get caught up in in having to do things that we can help them solve for and make it easier.
1: Todd you told me in a previous conversation that Everyone should be a tech company was I think the quote that I heard from you, which I thought was was really interesting. You know, you guys are are in the steel business, but think of yourself as a tech company. I can't imagine those are common words coming from leaders of businesses along the industrial supply chain. So talk more about what you mean by that and why you think it's so important that companies think of themselves that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the technology sector has done a great job branding itself as a, a, a sector. But if you actually think about it, technology is really a vehicle within your business to manage your business and manage your relationships with your customers or your vendors. So from that perspective, we all need, you know, and rely on technology to advance our businesses. And so if you think about, you know, some of the big, you know, house named tech companies, there's a lot of traditional aspects to those businesses today, right? They build distribution centers, they have logistics aspects of their business. Well, I mean, that's no different than in our business. You know, We have distribution centers, we have logistics, and we're responsible for, for moving product. And so they're considered a tech company because they were born out of you know, a technology where they've been able to provide an interface to, to be able to either manage the ins and outs of their business internally for efficiency purposes or their relationships with customers and vendors. So I think that you know it's critical today that if you're not a tech company, there's going to be someone that comes into your space and is going to disrupt it and and so obviously you, you know if you're in the manufacturing space we're dealing with you know tangible product and and in, in reality, manufacturing is technology. So in terms of, you know, equipment and, and understanding, you know, how your equipment's running and, and data on that to create greater efficiency through your plants. So, you know, in, in my opinion, every company needs to think and act like a tech company. It forces you to innovate faster. It forces you to feel like, you know, there's there's always something chasing you to, to always, you know, continuously improve. So at Majestic, I mean, we have really embedded a, a technology culture and a technology company within our organization. You know, we have product managers, we have engineers and thinking about how then that impacts our business in terms of the internal efficiencies, but then also the external relationship with our customers and other stakeholders. So if you're not a tech company today, you're not going to attract the talent, and you're not going to move fast enough in terms of how you are, are thinking about your business and growth and, and innovation.
1: Can you get specific in terms of what you guys have done at Majestic specifically, you know, whether it's tools you've built out or uh, you know, technology you've installed inside the company? What have you done to really make yourselves different from, say, the typical more old school industrial supplier?
0: Yeah. So when I started the company, I actually started off in inventory management. And I recognize that within the inventory management part of the business, there's a lot of inefficiency, not only within Majestic, but across the supply chain. And the key to forecasting is frequency, right? We can't necessarily predict everything that's going to happen in terms of the disruptions that we've dealt with in our supply chain on both the supply side and the demand side of of the market and we see and experience more of that so it started there right in the center of our business i mean in the day the core to our business is inventory management and so getting greater visibility and building tools internally to manage our inventory more effectively and be more agile in that process, and that starts with data, and really being able to see your business through and through on a daily basis, on a real time basis, and and so we built tools. I mean, in the beginning. You know it was kind of taking what we had an inventory position port and then evolving that to a, a database and then creating something that we called the pulse and 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 now we have you know the the mash and so we've iterated in terms of how we manage inventory what we're looking at on a daily basis to track that and really that just evolved to then developing more uh web and mobile applications to manage the internal business we have you know different hubs within majestic so our production hub our freight hub our supply hub that allows our internal teams to really see inside our business and then translating that to the customer. So creating M Hub, which is our customer facing tool that gives customers the ability to manage their business real time at their fingertips, track their orders, be able to see their their history, be able to release material and, and do things like that. And then, you know mikes which is majestic inventory control system is the acronym there where where really it's how do we help our customers manage their inventory you know maybe you have material coming from multiple suppliers you have multiple facilities you're operating on multiple systems you're dealing with volatility in the market in terms of costs and 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 availability and so giving them the tools to have greater visibility into managing their inventory and it's you know it's an evolution process and and so we continue to, you know, attract talent and, and iterate on these products. No different than you know, you get an update for apps on your phone for a lot of the you know apps that we might use in our daily basis. There's no reason why that we shouldn't be doing that from a business perspective to provide that value to our associates as well as our stakeholders and customers.
1: Todd, you've told me that I think Majestic's growing 100% year over year right now, which is incredible. Uh, you know, obviously, you're doing some things right over there. What? Advice can you give to our listeners during a time like this to kind of keep moving forward and growing?
0: Yeah, that's a tough trajectory of growth to maintain. So we're doing our 2022 planning right now, and obviously looking at what the future holds. It's a few things, right? So one, during the early stages of COVID, you know we all went through a setback, and all of our businesses were disrupted, and we had to think differently in terms of of how we manage them. But what we did as a leadership team is we rallied, we prioritized obviously, the the well-being and, and safety of our associates first, but we saw it as an opportunity. So we used the crisis as an opportunity to invest and to position ourselves. You know, we didn't think that this would last forever and we thought that demand would recover didn't necessarily see exactly you know where it would go so we use as an opportunity to position ourselves so as we started to come out of covid and and demand for steel skyrocketed you know we were well positioned in terms of being able to support it so we weren't you know using the the pandemic as an opportunity to to cut costs or or to pull back, we use this as an opportunity to position ourselves and invest. Uh, we also acquired two companies during that time. So we acquired a company in Nevada. We acquired a company that has locations in California and and Washington State. So. While we've been a national player, we haven't had a stronger presence on the West Coast. So that gave us a stronger presence on the West Coast to be able to service all of of, of the U.S. and and North America with what we believe is a reliable supply chain solution to the market. And then the steel demand uh, and, and market has been very strong. So I think it's all those factors combined that has led to the the growth that we've been able to experience. And I think that's the the biggest thing is, you know, you, you gotta make sure that you're managing for the present, but always, you know, building for the future. And that's what we always, you know, strive to 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 do at Majestic. And so it's it's positioned us well coming out of the pandemic and and in 2021. And we, you know, we're a, a high growth organization. So, you know, we we focus on growth and innovation as our as our vision statement within the company, which is 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 critical to, you know, who we want to be. And we're in a mature industry. So you got to do that through value creation and differentiation in the marketplace.
1: Todd, is there anything you want to add to this conversation that I didn't ask you about?
0: No, I mean, I think just flipping it to you, Joe, I mean, you know, you have a unique perspective in terms of marketing in the B2B space versus the B2C space. And I think that, you know, it's it's critical. I think sometimes when you look at the industrial space and you think about marketing budgets, or you think about technology budgets, or, you know, talent development, I think that, you know, those are areas that are easy to cut, uh, especially in a highly competitive space. But, you know, firsthand in terms of the value of 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 marketing and and really understanding your customers and how you engage with them and, and utilize. You know tools today, so I think you know that's critical. And and so I think that uh, you know appreciate obviously all the, the the content that you put out there and how you focused on the the industrial and, and, and manufacturing space. And I just you know think that it's it's uh, an opportunity to to really reposition how manufacturing is is viewed. Other than that, I mean you know the steel supply chain specifically. I mean it's kind of the first in line in terms of manufacturing. You know, I call uh, the steel industry as kind of like, you know, the, the the godfather of manufacturing in terms of if it wasn't for steel, we wouldn't have the industrialization that we had the last 125 years and what it's led to in terms of, you know, cars, washers, dryers, heavy equipment, agriculture, construction, HVAC, you name it. And, and so I think a lot of times it gets overlooked in terms of its importance, but without it, you know, we don't necessarily have the manufacturing base. So I think just kind of understanding that and the importance of manufacturing in America and manufacturing in general is is critical as we kind of are going through this global shift in the world that we're in today. So I think there's a, a great opportunity to kind of refocus on industrial innovation and, and that starts and, and stops manufacturing.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think it's you look at things like investing in technology and in people and in, in marketing or you know, ways to really grow your company for the future. It's it's tough because it's a chicken egg situation for a lot of companies. They've you know they're trying to meet certain budgets for a given year, and there's risk. There's always risk involved in growth, right? And you got to choose where to make those investments and make them wisely. But if you don't, you can't really expect it to keep growing and moving forward. So yeah, I think you've, you've hit on some things today that are, are really important when you think about the long-term viability and growth for your company.
0: Appreciate the time. Anything else uh, on your end?
1: No, I, I'd love to hear from you uh, where our listeners can get in touch with you, where they can learn more about Majestic Steel. And I know you guys have a podcast uh, called Keep Building Yourself, correct? And so talk about all that a little bit and where, where people can learn more about what, all, all the things you're up to.
0: Yeah, you could reach me through you know LinkedIn directly, or also you know email at, at MajesticSteel.com. We want to engage with our audience. We want to provide you know valuable content to our customers, prospective customers, and the whole market. And so, keep building is really about you know providing real time information about what's going on, whether it's in the steel market or the broader industrial manufacturing space. And so, you know, we, we believe in manufacturing. We believe in the future of, of, of manufacturing. And so it's really an opportunity for us to provide a vehicle to our, our customers and our audience in terms of, you know, what's going on and how we see it. You know, there's a lot of content out there today, and we're all fighting kind of for time and how we manage our time. And, and so we want to provide valuable content. I mean, sitting 50 yard line in the supply chain gives us a unique perspective in terms of what we're able to see. And we want to share that with our audience.
1: Great. Well, Todd, I appreciate you doing this today, man. Appreciate you having me. Awesome. And as for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of The Manufacturing Executive. You've been listening to The Manufacturing Executive Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player.